0: In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We
1: are behaving the way a superpower ought to be.
0: Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic.
1: Giving voice to liberty in our job. Joey
0: Clark. Hello and welcome to the program. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour sure to check us out on social media, but just be sure to listen night after night, whether you love me or hate me. And joining me in studio this evening is Emily! <laughs> Emily! Now, of all the ex-boyfriends, you've talked a little bit about these guys on air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just walked right into it. I gotcha. Oh,
1: I gotcha. Joey, day. what are we talking about tonight? No, I don't
0: know. No, did any of them write a song for you?
1: Emily. Not with lyrics, no. That I know
0: about. No, like you know Dana Carvey's Choppa Chopping Broccoli." Broccoli. God, I love oh, Broccoli. I'm in love with Emily. <laughs> oh, I'm dating Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Emily. <laughs> uh, so you never got any of that?
1: No, not to not to my knowledge. There's probably some post breakup songs out there,
0: but good. It's it's bad. I did that in high school. Somebody brought it to my attention. You did a post breakup song? I wrote songs about a crush.
1: Oh, and they found out?
0: Oh, yeah. Did you play it for oh, them? for them.
1: See, that would be like the most but awkward actually, situation. But
0: the thing is, it worked.
1: Did it? Yeah. Well, no, I would get very red-faced and just be like, this is awkward. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, and that's the weird thing, because we were talking at the end of Greg's show, and the Ric Flair 30 for Thirties out tonight.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And... He wasn't bragging. They were just saying, literally, man, you're you're talking about how you're a terrible husband and you were always traveling. Uh, How many women do you think you've slept with? And he said 10,000. It's staggering. He's 68. He's been on the road like every day. 365 is how the wrestling business works, especially when Flair was doing it. Mm -hmm. So it makes, it can be plausible. It's like, and again, he wasn't proud of it. Um, And I'm sitting here thinking the album of the day today is Tattoo You by the Rolling Stones. Yes. And there's this one song on the album. And what's interesting about this album is they went back to songs they recorded in the early 70s. And they had a lot of tracks uh, cooked up, but they didn't have any vocals. So Jagger wrote... Like lyrics going back on 70s music they had cut before. One of the songs he came up with was Waiting on a Friend. Do you know this one? Mm -hmm. And he talks about and excuse me, pardon me for quoting the Rolling Stones, ladies and gentlemen, but don't need a whore, I don't need no booze, don't need a virgin priest. But I need someone I can cry to, I need someone to protect. And it makes me think about this thing that's out in the news lately. Um, like this one guy Jamie Kilstein he was the uber like male feminist ally to the left and he was accused of wrongdoing because he met a fan and they almost hooked up they didn't hook up but people are accusing him of using his celebrity to sleep with fans and that's a form of harassment harassment
1: I can can see where it could be. I mean, did she reach out to him and say, man, I would really like to to meet you sometime? Exactly. And then were they together and they hit it off, but then had better sense to not do do anything silly?
0: Right. Well, then she ran to Jezebel. And publish an article. Maybe
1: a plant or just to see what he would do in that situation. You, it's so sad that we have to second guess everyone's motives these days. Right.
0: Well, here was the problem with him. He had been such the like gotcha guy on Twitter. Yeah. Again, the uber male feminist that he had to fall on the sword. He had sharpened himself mm-hmm. to where, no, you can't take his story. You have to believe the people who are accusing him. So he was done in those yeah. circles. He's now going back to comedy. But it makes me think of like, okay, you've got Ric Flair, you've got Mick Jagger. We've heard some of the stories with Led Zeppelin, oh, David God, Bowie, yeah. and Zeppelin. I those read a, I read a Zeppelin story the other day about what? a fish. Oh, with John Bonham? I don't,
1: oh, I heard it was the whole band.
0: The whole band. I and mean, they're essentially...
1: Yeah, what, We can't get is, into yeah, the well, dirty he,
0: details too I much. Just, I
1: just sat there and I'm pretty sure my jaw was on the floor. I was on my lunch break and I was like, well, that's enough of that. Oh, jeez. Well, so, Jimmy
0: Page was traveling with a 14-year-old girl for three years. Gracious. He's also bought, like, Alistair Crowley's Place, house.
1: Yeah, he's, like, obsessed with that. It's insane. It is, a
0: bit, it is a bit intense. And so you look back at all these old folks, and... like, Okay, here's how I put it. Is, can we separate the person from the celebrity? Should we separate the person from the celebrity? For instance, I love Ric Flair, not because I know... Richard Flyher or whatever his name is. But because I like Ric Flair the wrestler. I love Jimmy Page not because of all his antics backstage and when he was touring in the 60s and 70s. I love Jimmy Page because of the guitar work on Since I've Been Loving You and Good Times, Bad Times.
1: Here's... I don't want to interrupt you cuz I only do that on the morning show. No,
0: please. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> um,
1: but here's something that you have taken into consideration. We didn't have access to celebrities the, back then the way that we do now. True. And we, you know, and the press was very different as in, you know, most folks didn't know about JFK and Marilyn Monroe until after they had passed. And that information came out because it would have destroyed the whole Camelot facade.
0: Well, and it was kind of an open secret among journalists at the time. that they
1: were just not going to publish anything about it. So if you weren't there seeing it happen with your own eyes kind of thing and you didn't have a way to get the information out, then you didn't. But we see everything now in almost real time. Everyone has Twitter accounts or Facebook and, and celebrities can communicate with their fans on a level that they couldn't do in the past. Like you go from... You go from celebrities of say like Charlie Chaplin's day getting bags upon bags upon bags of fan mail every day, to now it's just an email inbox or a uh, you know a fan Facebook group or something like that where all those right. inquiries and um, applause go. So it's it's very different now because you do have more access and you know more about them, which it's hard for you to separate their talent from their personal life. Like if you're just judging them right. on their talent. Then you can do just fine with that. But then you're like, man, but that song. What if that's about when he cheated on his wife and she gave him a chance to get back with him? Then he screwed it up again, and that song's about how he can't ever make it right. I, sometimes you don't want to know the back history sometimes of a don't. song.
0: But I'm, for me, it makes it more interesting. Like, I, also, if you really listen to these guys and their albums and their words, it's not a secret. They talk about it out in the open, like what they're going through emotionally. That has to come from somewhere. That stuff doesn't get made out of whole cloth. It's usually life experience. But, you know, sometimes I not I don't worry about it personally. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big celebrity. But you have to wonder the spell you can have on people. Like, if you're a great musician, mm-hmm. you're almost playing the role of uh, some grand storyteller, like a shaman type. And... You have power over people. You
1: really do. You do because when when you're in this industry or you're a musician or you're in any kind of arts and entertainment sector, talent will connect with someone. If you're doing your job right, you're going to connect with someone and you're going to reach them on a certain level. And that can be, you can have just a regular admiration thing with someone or someone can get way too far into it. I've... I mean, I think I've told you this before. I've had roses sent to the radio station I was in in Mobile. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Had they
0: ever met you? They just heard your voice?
1: No, no. I had a receptionist give out my cell phone number because somebody had called and said, oh, you know, I'm her cousin. I'm in town. That's a big
0: no-no. It's it's a
1: huge no-no. She, yeah. Um, Come out and had four flat tires before. So, Ooh. you know, it's just because I've made somebody mad because I didn't no, show them the attention.
0: But no breakup songs. Uh, no,
1: no songs about how,
0: no, no
1: songs about how awesomely Emily. horrible I am Emily. <laughs> Emily. I really want someone to redo chopping broccoli. Oh, why? You don't like the Dana version? I'll, no, but the way that you're doing it right now, is cracking me up. So. Chopping
0: broccoli! It's
1: one of my most favorite bits ever. Chumper and that's his, that was his audition for SNL. It
0: was his audition. That was his audition for well, SNL. That makes so me, great. Have you seen the new Dana Carvey, Too Funny to Fail documentary? No! It is so good. Steve Carell was on that show. Out of no, He was a nobody. And they cast Steve Carell. Also, his friend, who was a nobody that Steve called said, you got this? Stephen Colbert. (laughs) They're both the two recurring actors in all the skits. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's also... The show got panned. I'm not going to give away too much, but the show got panned because they opened up their first time on ABC after Home Improvement. And the first skit they do... Is I'm Bill Clinton, and I can not only serve the nation in every capacity, but I j- I'm going to serve it in a maternal, motherly capacity. So if I just unbutton my shirt here, <laughs> and he has like, Dana Carvey's doing Bill, and he has like 16 16- Teats, if (laughs) you will, like a cow. It's like a huge udder, and they actually had rigged it to where, like, real milk was coming out. And all the aides are like, "Yeah, bring that baby over here. (laughs) Oh, bring that puppy over here too." And it's like real babies and real puppies. And so America's getting out of. Like Home Improvement, moms and dads and kids, awesome. and and all of a sudden it's like American Monty Python <laughs> with Steve Carell, you know, Stephen Colbert, and Dana Carvey, and people are going, "What in the world?" So out of the gate, they were done. I mean, and this guy for TV Guide wrote this harsh review, and they interviewed this guy. Who wrote to the reviewer saying, "You have no taste," and you know avant-garde comedy. This stuff is hilarious. It's American Monty Python and it was nasty. I can't repeat a lot of the words. Mm-hmm. And so it made this guy, this reviewer go, I need to reconsider. And he watched it again and he gave it a five stars. Gave him another chance. But this documentary actually went out and found this guy who sent the nasty letter to the reviewer. Oh, really? Turns out I'm Facebook friends with the dude. Shut up! Yeah, it's it's a crazy world talking about being connected to people. It is weird. It's almost like everything is becoming reality. Oh, yeah, yeah. and not the fake like I'm sitting here thinking, especially with all the conversation about sexual harassment and assault with the he- Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Like, should I feel bad that I watch gangs of New York? Like as I'm sitting there and I'm like, I didn't seen gangs of New York in years, I barely remember this. And then Miramax
1: comes up, like, oh Lord. And say like everything's tainted with it, right? Well, you don't know how to feel. Should you feel like everything's tainted with it because it was bankrolled by what? that company, or because then you're holding it against actors that didn't have anything to do with it, or some that may have?
0: Well, but then but, Baby Driver, House of Cards, yeah. anything Kevin Spacey? That's uh, that was whoa. Well, there's some storylines in House of Cards too. It's, well, I've
1: never whoa. seen House of Cards, and some somebody at the office today was like, "Have you seen House of Cards?" And no, And they're like, "Well, am I the only one that watches that?" And I was like, "Good luck trying to watch it in the future,"
0: because they ain't going <laughs> to. The first two seasons are good. They kind of fell off. I've
1: always always heard good things about it, but as we've discussed at length on the morning show, I am uh, just I'm an old fuddy-duddy. Like I was in bed at seven really? o'clock watching Antiques Roadshow last night, and was so happy just to be in bed. I have two cats so that's if I'm at home. That's what I do. I will rewatch Jane Eyre or The Kid, The Antique Road Show. I do like Antiques Road it's Show. Not bad. I'm, fasc- I'm fascinated with history, and yeah. so when when these folks come on, they're like, "Well, this was in Peepaw's basement," yeah, and I had no idea it was worth three thousand yeah. dollars, sir. I was it's watching just, some
0: some Pawn Stars YouTube clips the other day. Mm. You know, I think Pawn Stars is really fake.
1: I think now more than ever. Yeah.
0: yeah, and this is what I'm I'm tired of the the reality TV. That is incredibly scripted.
1: Yeah, when the guy's like, hang on, I got a buddy. I got a buddy that knows uh, about these things. He's a real expert. And then right. they cut away, and then some random guy comes in. And the chemistry between the guy that's his buddy mm-hmm. and the buddy is just like, oh, okay, the producers just found you. Yeah, This exactly. is awkward. But at least on Antiques Roadshow, like, you know, those are legit experts. And, and real people. And real people. I found this. And, and they all try to hold back their excitement when they're like, oh, this rag doll that I thought was maybe worth $10 is really worth $10,000. Well,
0: don't you love the people that go in like, I found this in my grandpappy's attic. Yeah. And it's worth $500,000. This is a, a collector's piece right here, and I'm going to go get those folks at the antique Antiques Roadshow or is it <laughs> Antique Roadshow? I don't I don't care. <laughs> I just want them to appraise it, talking to these experts, these fancy pants experts, and they go in, and it is not worth what they wanted. It's like,
1: what'd you pay for it? $12? You got ripped off, man. It's <laughs> worth 6
0: <laughs> I love that stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, my dad actually found this old 1970 something Les Paul custom. Ooh. It was abandoned in a Unit somewhere, no. It needs some work. The knobs won't turn on it. it needs a yeah. new bridge and stuff. But he's gonna make a little change on that.
1: Yeah. Oh, good for him. Yeah. I did like Storage Wars when it came on. Oh yeah. Yeah, because that's I mean, what they're essentially doing is going to the old old storage units that have been abandoned. And
0: I actually know some guys. Well, they live with me who run storage units. Yeah. And they do all their auctions online.
1: That's clever.
0: And then people will show up once the bidding is over, and they have to bring the money they promised. But
1: yeah, that's I mean, so have you ever so. seen Storage Wars? Like, yeah, you're a not, bit. yeah, you're not allowed to like go in and look at it. You can just go up to the line. See, that's the no one that's trying it's, it's a gamble. See, they let people
0: know kind of online. This unit generally has these things. Yeah, it. they're not going to tell you
1: exactly it what is the, the furniture unit.
0: In. There's a lot of electronics, old stereo equipment in yeah. this one. There's some vinyl records, or there's furniture, patio mm-hmm. furniture. It's vague. And then people bid. And it's amazing, though, what people will pay for some of these units. Dude. But that's real reality stuff. That's fun
1: to watch. Okay, since you said that, what people pay for these kinds of units, I have to say this Mm -hmm. in regards to reality TV. And we can move on if you want to afterwards. The thing that gets me the most are, like, the house hunting shows where the ladies like... You meet it's like meet the couple, and it's like my name is Nicole, and I'm a part time babysitter for a local family in town, and this is my husband, Than, and he teaches Pilates down in the park for free. It's all donation only, and our budget is twelve million dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, e- how? How is your budget twelve million dollars? Pilates. I- I- And part-time babysitting, I mean, I work about 60 hours a week, and I just want to make sure that my cats can get fancy feast one day. We're still at the friskies level, but okay, fine. $12 $12 million. me to so get this bungalow on the beach overlooking, you know, the sunsets every... Oh, man. Oh, it fires me up. I don't have enough stuff to throw in front of me right
0: now. But you, you made me sad because the real reason I brought you on here is you know this. Oh. I'm such an introvert. I've become even more introverted I know you. in the last two, three years. So
1: I've known you for about a year now because I started yeah. on the gunk in October of last year right so I've known you for about a year and in that span of time you hung out with you've hung out with me twice right and do you know which months that happened in November and December you've not (laughs) hung out with me since then and I will ask you to come hang out yeah and you No, you hung out with me in January right for the yeah um but I'll ask you to I come hang, hang out, out. and yeah. you're like I' don't, I don't, I don't really want I don't just please don't stop asking me to hang out it's not personal to you well, I really am it's somebody do you know posted. how sensitive I am I'm very sensitive so I think it's always about me. Well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. um we may have to take a break because I may have to go cry my makeup off like Tammy Faye Baker Oh, that'll look
0: beautiful. We need a camera
1: in here. <laughs> no, we don't need a yeah, camera. we in need here. a camera
0: in here. No, it's uh it is a an introvert thing. Like somebody posted it, I shared it on the Book of Faces and got all sorts of like it's funny what gets a reaction. Like yeah. I said, I did the math on Ric Flair's Ten Thousand Women Claim, and all sorts of people are posting woo gifts on my yeah. page. It's huge reaction. But I posted this thing on being an introvert that it's not that you're competing with somebody else's time Mm -hmm. it's just that i like being alone and doing my own thing being on my schedule and i also know myself there's like this weird pain where i'm thinking back four or five years where i used to go out all the time my people i lived with would so i'd go with them and i didn't behave myself and i didn't really get that much enjoyment out of it. Usually woke up with a hangover the next morning. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why am I doing this? That's why I stay in. It's not
1: that you're competing with somebody else's
0: time. It's just I like my alone time.
1: I think everybody hits that point at some point in their lives like I had it when I came back from South Carolina I was sitting in my house and said what am I doing, who am I doing this for anymore because yeah. my schedule my schedule is a little intense yeah, um, just a bit so I mean I know that you're here for three solid shows and you kind of just I don't want to say landlocked but once you, once you get up here for Dan's show you don't really have much time to get out and do anything else because you're on And which is cool. We love what we do. And I think that's why we always find the strength to do it, no matter how tired or hungover or, you know... But you get the fried brain. You do. You do. That's why you fall asleep watching Antiques Roadshow and your cat trying to smother you while you're asleep. But this is why I'm sad.
0: Why? That's because you No, I wanted to bring you in today to teach me how to be an extrovert. I'm an extrovert? You seem like it to me. Oh. You're so outgoing. Well... You know everybody. Uh,
1: yeah. Um. <laughs> you seem to more than me. I or you just a high functioning introvert. I, I don't know if I'm. A, I don't know what I am to be honest with you. Uh, you know, eighty four on the show. He calls me dude chick. Dude chick. Dude chick. Because I can get along. I can get along with everyone. I, I'm the third of five kids, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you can kind of get lost in the shuffle. So I learned early on. I suppose that the way that I would get attention is I would be loud <laughs> and, um, and I would talk a lot. It's hard for me to watch home videos from Christmas because I just want to say somebody tell that kid to shut up. <laughs> the first one I saw when I was an adult, I sent my mom a text. and I was like, thank you for not just locking me in the closet somewhere until I shut up. I appreciate it. But humor and and entertaining, like being funny and... I moved a lot as a kid, so this whole, like, knowing people, I, you know...
0: You had to get to know
1: them. Well, I had to, or I was going to sit alone at lunch, or I was not going to have anybody to play with at recess, or I was not going to get invited to any birthday parties. Like, I I knew from an early age, I think, I want to say it was fourth grade when we moved, yeah, fourth grade when we moved from Birmingham... And I was like, okay, fine. I don't know any of these people up here, but I'm gonna with my Dorothy Hamill haircut and my buck teeth because I didn't have braces yet. So I just, I talked until somebody paid attention to me and then I formed friendships. <laughs> but, you know, really good things can come out of that. Um, being able to connect with all kinds of people. Yeah. And everyone has something in common. You just have to, you know, you can't be on a high horse. When meeting people, you can't think that you're better than anybody else because at the end of the day, we're all just you know sacks I, of flesh. I don't
0: personally think yeah. that, but I come across that way. I've been told that. Well, sort of then
1: I. the people that you meet need to to do a little better on their end and take the time to actually get to know you. I've been told that I'm arrogant. You're not arrogant.
0: I did. Well, I say I'm actually incredibly insecure.
1: Well, I mean, how many times have I told you? Are you Are you mad today? Right. Like, when you get here and start doing your prep, and I'm dropping off my headphones, like, eh, you okay? Something seems off. Did you ha-
0: are you... Is- I'm always off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm usually... The last few weeks, I've been in a great mood.
1: You have. What's the new show. It's going strong. It's good. It's good. You get the sweet little Corvette. Not Corvette, but, you know, you've BMW. got your convertible outside. Yeah. yeah. And, um... Oh, well,
0: the window broke on that thing, by
1: the way. Oh, I heard. The I didn't want to window. say anything, but I had a cabriolet that just was well, a the, nightmare. <laughs> yeah, the
0: tape's working for now. Yeah, it's
1: going to work until you're things. driving through Jefferson County on those roads that they will never fix. And you'll be, ba bump, ba bump, ba bump. <laughs> that's oh, what happened to me. I was going to do a shift on BMR, and my back window just fell in. So I'm driving past 459, headed north on Birmingham. I <laughs> just remember sitting there thinking, oh, that's great. <laughs> cool. I mean, now it's raining, yes. Yeah, no, it's raining. I'm basically a Travis song right now.
0: Travis song? See, this is also where I'm lost. Like, people of my generation, I like, we speak different languages, because we all go down our own little rabbit holes on yeah. what we like and what we prefer, and this is was supposed to be the main topic of the show, is that are we losing a sense of community in a sort of our generation in the modern age? Like, you're connected with people all the time through social media, mm-hmm. but... Rarely do you get the true sit-down face-to-face. Or maybe I'm just projecting my own life on my whole generation. Because no, it seems to be what people do.
1: I feel like when people go through um, important life events. Hard times? Hard times or good times. You know, like the birth of a child or a wedding or um, or they go through something tragic like losing a family member and so on and so forth. The friends that want to... Or the friends and acquaintances that really genuinely care about yeah. you more than just a, hey, so-and-so's birthday is today on Facebook. Tell them happy birthday. Right. The ones who actually know your birthday and are going to tell you happy birthday via phone call or throw you a party or something like that, when you get into those those harder situations or those more celebratory situations, the ones that actually show up for that, the ones that actually know what's going on in your life, that don't have to follow you on social media, those mm-hmm. are the kind of people that... You stick close to. And it's fine to have the people that you don't really know very well wish you well on Facebook or wish you well on an engagement or offer you condolences when someone close to you passes. That's fine. I'm not saying that they're any better than the other people. Sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, what, what's your real life? What's your everyday life? What's mm. your face-to-face life? Because Facebook is not face-to-face. It's a great way to connect with people yep. and to stay in the loop with folks, but it's not a face-to-face thing. And I'm going to say this because I told you this earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister got in touch with me today, and, she's, and we talk to each other in a, in a very silly voice when we call each other. Can you? Uh, yep, I can. Mm-hmm. She calls, and I said, hello. <laughs> she said, hello, Quine. I said, hello, Quine. She said, Were you Canadian? No, I don't know. I think it was. We watched a lot of Daria as kids. And I think we just kind of like picked up on mimicking uh, Daria's sister, Quinn. Morgendorfer and all her friends always had these. You kind of sounded like Terrence and Philip there. It does, doesn't it? Anyway. Um, But she called and asked me what her MySpace login was. And I said, Dude, MySpace? Yeah. I said, I have two MySpace pages that I would love to take down. I have no idea what email address I use to set them up. And when I send a reset password thing, they're like, okay, reset link sent to your email. I'm like, I don't even think that domain name exists anymore. Wait, why do you
0: want to take down these MySpace
1: pages? Oh, well, well, I know why she wants to take hers down. But um, (laughs) simply because... Maybe I don't want to take them down. Maybe I want to be able to have control over them for what is out there. You know, MySpace for me came around, I think it was 18 yeah. when I got one. And so, you know, 18 to, I got Facebook when I was 23, I guess. So 18 to 23, Emily, was just, oh,
0: wretched. And yet you posted about it all the time. Oh,
1: yeah, and I posted photos, um, You know, it wasn't as consistent because I didn't have constant access to the internet because you couldn't like have Mm. it on your phone yet. Right. Um, And pictures were really very terrible on phones at that time. So, you know, it's whenever I would upload the digital camera. I mean, it's not all terrible. I like to go back and look at it because I'd put playlists on there. That's the one thing I really like. Probably the only thing I like about that on this day feature on Facebook is that I'll post. You know, songs I'll go back and see a song from 2009 and be like, and "Oh man, I totally back. forgot about them." Then well, check them out. That's what happened today with Ben Queller. I don't know if you've ever listened to Ben Queller, but I started listening to "And Disaster" and the rules and all that stuff again today. And I was like, "This is good." And I forgot about it, and I feel poorly about it.
0: Well, and the reason the album of the day today is "Tattoo You" by the Rolling Stones is because uh, when I got this new iPhone,
1: I know you're so fancy. I, now. I know.
0: I signed in. Um, to the Apple account. And all the music from like four or five years ago on my old iPhone showed back up again.
1: And it was like you time went from, travel. You went from iPhone to Droid to iPhone?
0: Yeah. Because I just, I'm inconsistent. Consistently inconsistent.
1: So, there I, is a song by Hot Hot Heat about that. Oh, really? Being consistently inconsistent. Hot Hot Heat. Yeah. I'm consistently inconsistent. Uh, it's not so much like that. It's, it's not uh, like chopping broccoli? <laughs> uh, middle of Nowhere Okay. by Hot Hot Heat. Okay, I'll check it out. But
0: this was one of the albums that like four or five years ago, I was tearing up. Worried about you, waiting on a friend. Heaven ain't no use in crying. Mm-hmm. The song tops. And I just something about this music gets me. But it's more a personal note for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it takes me back to living in a particular house, being around all sorts of folks, and now everybody left. I'm not in contact but with one of those people from that house.
1: That's how um, Muse Apocalypse. Is Apocalypse Please Apocalypse? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's how that record is for me. The one that was kind of their big U.S. breakout hit. Yeah, It's hard to listen to it because I'm like, you know, Angela and Frick and Jason and Amber should all be here. And I see maybe two of them every couple of years.
0: You lose touch, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, Life moves on. It's a crazy world. Um, And I worry about it sometimes. Like, I want some stability. It'd be nice to. Life isn't a sitcom, though no it's not it's not it's not even the real world
1: and uh, social media kind of makes monsters out of some folks yeah like i see some i see some behaviors in my kid's sister that really bother me oh. there there's nothing r- to, in my opinion there's nothing real about her facebook it's it's always
0: she's performing
1: She's performing. She is portraying the kind of life that she believes that she needs to have. And I know what our lives are like, and it's not that. You're not kayaking every weekend, and you're not hunting every weekend, and you're not really excited about the opening day of hunting season, and you're not always standing on the left of your fiancé with your hand on the hip all the time. (laughs) Like, show some real stuff, man. Yeah. That's the thing. Any. I don't care what gets posted of me picture-wise. Like, my stepmom one day, she was like, why would you let that picture stay up? I said, said, what's wrong with it? She was like, you just don't look that great in that picture. I was like, man, that's what I look like. Sometimes I look decent, and sometimes I look like crap. So, sometimes I'm happy, and sometimes I'm sad. Well,
0: then I need to work on that. See, I don't post anything, but if we gotta hit a quick weather break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't wanna cut off Rich Thomas. The guy's the he's gold.
1: He's 40 years in and his birthday is tomorrow. Oh
0: yeah, midnight. Mm-hmm. It is again Rich Thomas Day.
1: <laughs> Joey Clark.
0: This might be my favorite Rolling Stones song. Probably because of the Mick Jagger falsetto and the bass in it.
1: The bass lines on this record are phenomenal. It's so good.
0: This was first produced in 1975 before it comes out in '81.
1: It was their last one to uh, be in the top ten or the yeah, top the five. actually chart? Yeah, it was number two, number two here. Number two here, number three in Britain or vice versa.
0: Because "Start Me Up" is that was the lead lead off this album.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. okay, but the whole theme of of oh. Tattoo You. Excuse me. So good. But it's kind of going back that they didn't have time before going on a world tour to actually cut a full new album. Mm-hmm. So they went back, found old music demos they had cut, old tracks they had cut, and he, Jagger, kind of with a perspective of several years later, life was getting tougher. That's probably why they're having trouble. It's like he can't be the young 20 something sex symbol he was yeah. singing Satisfaction. Your bones start to hurt. Yeah, they're still torn. They're still God, going. I know. On. He's got a young wife, and how I feel sorry for that kid. That's
1: just it's uh, oh it's, man, oh, you're
0: man. gonna watch your dad die really That's quick. That's gonna be tough. I yeah, but make... your dad's Mick Jagger. Yeah,
1: well, you know, I want to say that record. Speaking of like the digital age and stuff, now I think that sold eight point eight or eight point five million worldwide. Then you it's think modest. It's modest, but it was a big success for them. Right. And for today, that's kinda just like, well, you know, we measure things in downloads and and plays on Spotify and Pandora and thumbs up on Pandora and things like that.
0: Now, is there something on social media? Because his Royal Badness, one of the last albums he did. Mm-hmm. He was talking about this world we're talking about, social media and how the world's changing. And it's great. I love most of what's happening. Um like for instance, I saw that Google has a product and another company has a product, where it's just an earbud, and it automatically translates. Like the babble fish in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
1: Oh, uh, the the language thing. Yeah, it's remarkable. Yeah, yeah. so lazy like bums
0: like me can
1: understand people who're speaking different languages. Well, you see, some of us have. Uh, I took six weeks of German in high school, and I was told to find another. Are we German? Huh? You're not German? Well, yeah. I'm half German, half Irish. I have some German
0: in me. and Scottish. Oh. Oh, uh, so yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's... Um, um, but
1: I think, that's, I think that's a great way to connect people. Technology can be used for good, and technology can be used for bad, and that's how it's always been.
0: Well, and here's some of the downsides, what you are getting at earlier. Uh, the line from that song I'm thinking of by Prince is when life's a stage in this brand new age, how do we engage?
1: Yeah.
0: Um... And it, it is people are constantly performing online. And it leaves people that aren't necessarily being able to take selfies with incredible cars behind them or at mm-hmm. some great view or they've got the oh, the good-looking wife or the good-looking husband or boyfriend or whatever. That, that's not real life for those people. Mm-hmm. They have to put on their pants one leg at a time. They take craps. I mean, like, I want actual reality coming out of this stuff. Yeah. And it's where I'm going because instead of posting anything and letting it hang all out there, I sort of have uh, pulled back. I don't fight with people on Facebook as much.
1: I won't engage in fights on Facebook. I think that that is pointless because there's a false sense of I'm, um, you know, 10 foot tall and bulletproof when mm-hmm. you're sitting behind. I almost said a calculator. When you're sitting behind a keyboard. When you're sitting behind a keyboard and you bang out whatever, you know, you're stupid because. But If you were to be face-to-face with someone, you would have enough, I would hope that you would have enough humanity to be like, you know what? I'm not going to be so scathing in what I say to this person. You lose a lot of tone on Facebook when you post stuff. Like, Oh, yeah. If I text somebody and I say, hey, period, I'm mad. But to that person... Oh, really? Yeah. Or if somebody says something to me and, and I don't like it and it's a change of the plans and I have to deal with it or and I'm not happy, I'll just put back K, period. Like, the anger is in the period. But...
0: The anger is in the
1: period. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but the the point of that is, is that tone is lost. Um, and so... Oh, and
0: also, I prefer somebody in studio than over the phone because you can read body language. You yeah. can somebody's uncomfortable with a question or somebody's really excited you can see it in their eyes yeah let's talk about that yeah and we're losing a lot of that now I can sit here and complain that oh we have all these incredible things around us but we're not as connected I mean there are people I know from my own family who didn't ever get to see their family again because they escaped from Germany in the 1930s Mm I mean people have gone through some stuff it's almost like our generation's after the boomers, who had everything, no m- true major wars, not to say some people didn't go fight and die, and not to say tragedy hasn't struck in people's lives, but it's not the same sort of collective calamity. The closest thing we have is 9-11. Yeah. And so since we're the beneficiaries and expected to be the benefactors going forward for all this wealth and all this technology, I almost feel like we're ill-equipped at times. Like, The people running things are getting older and they're living longer. Mm -hmm. And so the trade off, there hasn't been as much turnover between the generations as there has been in the past. Yeah. It makes me worry. I'm worried worried about you,
1: Joey. (laughs) I'm worried about you, Emily. We just got to figure it out. Every other generation's just had to figure it out. There's no guidebook, there's no rule book. Except for to treat people the way that you would want to be treated.
0: Now, is is there a particular... I was going to do this because the Stones went back on this album and redid some stuff. Is there something on social media, maybe that 18 to 23 MySpace Emily, anything in particular that comes to mind that's like, I wish I had not done that or I could go redo that particular moment? Doesn't have to be utterly embarrassing. Just something. Is there anything that comes to I'm mind to where you're think. like, "Oh um, man, I'm a different person now."
1: I'm pretty set in uh, that I'm I'm very comfortable with myself. Sure. So I think back to that time. Is it a little cringeworthy? Yeah, it's a little cringeworthy. Is that way too much like blue and green glitter eyeliner? Yeah, <laughs> it totally is. Should you have dyed your hair blonde? No, you shouldn't have. Are you were a blonde for like. Ones? Thirteen seconds. It was horrible. <laughs> but um the thing is, is I can look back at that and they're all learning experiences for me. So I I don't think that there's anything maybe singing <laughs> Oh maybe lip syncing, Rick Astley is never gonna give you up into a paintbrush at my friend Spud's house and she put the video on the internet. There's that. Oh, I wanna see that. Oh yeah, that's a uh, but I have no shame. I mean, I get pied in the face every year for the past three years because it benefits kids on the autism spectrum. Yeah. And it's mm, snows sweat off my back to be hit in the face with a pie by people that the best are when the volunteers from South Sounds get their revenge on how hard I am on them during the music festival. Mm. And then they'll come and buy a bunch of the pie plates, which they're just, you buy plates. Does it hurt? No, no, no. no. It's a paper plate with whipped cream. And so, you know, they stand behind a line and then it's, Pow, in the face. Whipped cream in the face. Yeah, it hurts when you lose your goggles and then another pie flies at your face and then you're cleaning whipped cream out of your eyes, ears, nose. It's, it's pretty intense. But, I mean, going back to things that are on social media, there are videos of that on social media. And there's one video where I've got just whipped cream dripping off my face. It's all like, I have like a Santa Claus beard of whipped cream, like a little mustache here. Yeah. And all this stuff. I don't care what was I out there doing it for. I was helping raise money for Woody's song, which is in Mobile, that helps kids on the autism spectrum. I do a thing, I just, I thought about it on the way home, Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I'm not a rich person, by any means, and... But I, I really want to help in any way that I can. So any time that I can volunteer or when my, you know, X amount of weeks since you've given blood thing comes up, I'm there. I'm giving blood. I don't have money, but I have time. And time is so very valuable. And you have blood. And I have blood. I have O positive blood. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So
0: you're a universal donor? Uh, I,
1: th- <clears throat> I saw something the other day that was like, no, you can give to all the positives. Oh, o negative okay. can give to everybody. Okay. But I think I can give to all the positives, but I can't give to the. I don't know. It's above my pay grade. I just um, show up. They, they tap me. I deposit my, you know, donation in like six minutes. Bing, bang, boom. I'm back at work. Hmm. Eating a fig, Newton, y'all. What's up? Hmm. I'm trying to read into that.
0: You're just, you just seem like such a giving, humble person. I didn't Who's act- also loud.
1: Very, very loud. Yeah. Well, I'm also like- I had tubes in my ears six times as kids, so I have a lot of scar tissue. Yeah, I had tissue. a cousin like that. I'm not Doctor Sam Loud yet, so that's when I start getting there. You got to reel me back. He in. is loud. He's very
0: loud. Well, and I'm worried that I, um, I'm also I'm worried a lot these days. You shouldn't worry. I'm just worried.
1: Don't worry. I'm. You don't yoga I that out? Own,
0: no, no, <laughs> no. The yoga's taken an inch and a half off my waist though. I know. My abs you're are coming out. I
1: mean, you're getting little. You yeah. had some arms going on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, i got to work on the shoulder. Yeah, men can have body dysmorphia, too. It's true. You know what you need to do. You just mm. need to make a really good open road mix that yeah. includes Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers in Boston because those are the best two open road bands. And you need to just take some back roads. Take a road trip. but Take the back roads. Put the top down on your car. and just to fly. You go and be you. Oh, man, running down a dream. That's when you open it up on the road. It's amazing. I got to be careful with that stuff because I start speeding. I set your cruise control and then just push your foot on the floor like you're... I know, but, I mean, do you want a speeding ticket? Because I don't. If Freebird Solo is kicking in...
0: Yeah, if the Solo on Running Down a Dream is kicking in... I'm just
1: saying, you just be prepared to explain that to an officer in Noonan, Georgia on Thanksgiving. I've not forgotten...
0: Oh, wow. This yeah. hat, was it running down a dream that uh, made you do this?
1: No, it was Boston, long play into four time. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> long long play. play into four time. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, but, I wish um, it was called long four play. Four play into long time. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, not had anything to drink today. And so. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, it was right there, and I drove a 1990 BMW 525i. I called it the green machine. Ooh. And if it got over 80 miles an hour, I was super pumped, and I would put cruise control on. I was going to my dad's for Thanksgiving, and I just merged off a of 16 onto 85 in Noonan, Georgia. And I'm right there at the yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We-
0: Part Yeah, <laughs> woo, and then you got the sirens.
1: You get pulled over, and he comes over, and he gets my license and registration, and he says, how are you doing today, Miss Hayes? And I was like, it would be a lot better if those blue lights were not behind me right now. Oh, no. Well, do you know how fast you are going? 82. I was going 82. <laughs> he you said... And what speed? Well, I thought it was a 70, but apparently it had, it dropped, down. It had dropped down to construction, so it was a 65. But nobody was on the road, and there weren't any, con- any construction workers out, and I wasn't, you know, freewheeling Bob Dylan. I was just really happy that I might get to my dad's house in six hours instead of eight.
0: Well, we've driven right through this show.
1: Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Joey. I oh understand no, if you, you never want to apologize. Me
0: back. <laughs> no, I would love to have you back because you're teaching me to be a more humble, more engaging person. Well, I got to get out of my hermit hole.
1: I'll help when you're ready for the help. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thanks for listening folks I'll be back tomorrow night